0: Hello, and welcome to The Link Podcast, the industry's link to learn, innovate news and knowledge in global supply chain intelligence, hosted by Food Logistics and Supply and Demand Chain Executive. We cover everything from transportation and warehousing trends and new technologies to food safety and sustainability impacting today's supply chains. Let's link into our next conversation now. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for joining the podcast today. I am here with Trey Williams, who is the president and owner of Fleet Force Truck Driving School. And we are going to talk about some trends in the training industry for truck driving. Hi, Trey. Thank you so much for coming on with me today. Hi,
1: Brielle. Thank you so much for having me. It's my pleasure.
0: I'm excited to get into this. You know, I want to learn uh, a lot of things about what it's like to, you know, train drivers in this crazy time right now. Um, So yeah, first, uh, I'll just get right into it. Uh, Can you explain some of the current trends when it comes to training drivers today?
1: Uh, Fortunately, one of the biggest trends that I'm seeing now is is companies starting to recognize uh, that recruitment is one thing. uh, Acquisition of uh, of employees is another thing. uh, But neither of those things actually affect the attrition level that everyone is experiencing right now. So So many companies I speak with every day have 70, 80, 90% attrition a year, which is a staggering staggering number, which is a a real drain on their productivity and on their wallets, to be honest with you. These companies are starting to recognize that making an investment in those employees is actually the best way to increase the amount of engagement and lower their attrition levels. So I don't necessarily just mean investment in signing bonuses or uh, additional training. I, I mean... Being able to offer the kind of robust benefits and uh, uh, sort of alluring opportunities that keep people with that organization for extended periods. So, mm-hmm. I had a, an interesting call yesterday with a with a trucking company that has 700 trucks on the road, and their number wow. one question is, "What can we do not just to attract, but to keep our drivers once we have them?" So, they're putting together a really robust. Uh, uh, benefits package for these guys that includes 529s for their kids' colleges and uh, lots of matching retirement. And, and you know, for a company that's spending a six-digit number every month on recruitment, uh, they could have been diverting those into benefits and they're going to see a lot more return on that investment.
0: I think retention right now is another really important aspect of the industry that's not talked about quite as much. So I have a couple episodes actually coming up on retention.
1: Absolutely. It's um, it's the most burning issue sh- right behind the shortage, obviously.
0: Right. So how were you able to navigate driver training during a pandemic when social distancing was really important and required, actually?
1: It took a lot
0: of patience. <laughs> um,
1: on, on both sides of the equation, I, I would say our, our students were uh, very accommodating and understood that we were, were trying to take the necessary measures to keep them safe, keep up safe, keep us safe. But uh, we were deemed an essential service uh, by the governor in the state of Florida. So we were only shut down for a couple of weeks in March of last year. Came back in June with our biggest month ever. Uh, it was not surprising. There were 30 million people out of work and uh, folks saw this opportunity when the grocery store shelves were empty to seize the the demand for drivers. So we came back with a with a vengeance, as it were, but that created a unique set of circumstances with the pandemic. Uh, the good news is we are based in Florida, that we had lots of sunshine through the summer. Our track and our ranges outside, so we uh, we didn't have a, a lot of those challenges uh, on the track. But we did have to get some extra classroom space. We had to spread everyone out. We had to bring in commercial cleaning services daily instead of twice a week. We did we did a lot of things that we we thought were necessary for the safety of everyone. And really, um, the students kind of bought into that. A lot of them kind of joined into this process and said, hey, let's all work on this together so that uh, I can complete this training, pass my test and and go to work. And and I think that we had a unified goal and that helped everyone sort of digging into whatever had to be done at the time.
0: Were, Were there any processes that you switched to remote? Versions of that you were able to, or was it just no. yeah, has to be all in person?
1: Well, it, 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 FMCSA doesn't require the theory portion necessarily to be all in person, but we, we certainly did maintain that there. Uh, the curriculum is one thing, but the follow up questions and the engagement with students uh, who have never been in this experience before during that first week of, of training is is really critical for them to have that face time or, mm-hmm. or mask time, right? As it was. Um, with, with the instructors who we have on site. So we remained in person.
0: Right. Well, I know we've talked about retention being a, a very important trend right now when it comes to drivers and driver training, but as the shortage continues, how are training services helping to provide a pathway for new drivers in a fast paced manner, but without sacrificing, you know, the quality of education and also deep vetting for, for past licenses?
1: Yeah, so we've done two things. Um, I don't mind sharing our our strategies here because when the industry flourishes, we flourish. So we've done two things. The first was we partnered with an RPO firm to help recruit unlicensed drivers who are possibly folks who'd been deemed non-essential or underemployed, um, found themselves the lingering effects of COVID in the employment market and, and recruiting those individuals for the purpose of licensing them and having them enter into a finishing program with the carrier so partnering with that recruitment firm was massive it gives us an opportunity to be a turnkey operation carriers can come to us and say i need 100 drivers this year and we can uh recruit vet screen train and license those drivers for them effectively being a turnkey operation and just turn those guys over to them at whatever rate they want each month so the second thing that we've done is We've begun delivering training. Um, we're we're a Department of Education and Committee for Independent Education Licensed School in the state of Florida. We're a, a contracted third-party tester with the Florida Highway Motor Vehicle Safety Association. Um, we've already instituted our ELDT training, even though it's not supposed to happen until February of next year here. So uh, there's no reason that I couldn't send an instructor or a set of instructors on-site to a carrier or a provider or an employer's location, and actually do their training within their conference rooms, on their parking lot, with their equipment. And when we instituted this, it was an, there was an immediate response of folks getting in line to have this because so many were uh, training folks that weren't necessarily drivers at their company. We had manufacturers. And, um, and, and other types of construction industry folks identifying people from within their ranks that they wanted to train because they were a known quantity. So it was good for the employee because it's an upwardly mobile opportunity to make more money and, and have a, a higher level position in the company. It was good for the company because they don't have to send someone to where we are and pay for hotel bills and per diems and, and mileage. And it was good for us because it didn't impact our capacity on our at our headquarters in Florida Uh, So we could just send the instructors and keep doing what we do, uh, pushing almost to a waiting list where we are, because otherwise we wouldn't have been able to train those guys. So Mm -hmm. that delivery of service was a was a massive strategic shift and it's made a real impact on everyone's business.
0: It's definitely important right now.
1: (laughs) Well, it's been a burning issue uh, just to be able to meet the demands of capacity these days, both from the student uh, side of the equation and from the company side.
0: Right. I mean, we had a driver shortage way before the pandemic and then the pandemic hit and we needed goods faster um, and more of them uh, at the same time, while also people realize that this is a an essential business, something that you can really see a future in and have a steady future in. So I think yeah. all of that combined really made for a crazy time period.
1: No doubt. And, and, real well, the, the craziness is not about to go away. We need a million drivers in the next 10 years. And if you do that math, that's 250 drivers a day, every day for 10 years. And that's just to meet the, the generational exchanges that are happening from retiring drivers and the current demand. That has nothing to do with possible upticks in demand or changes in the, the business landscape. So we've got a long road to hoe in front of us.
0: Wow. That's unbelievable. Um, so I want to ask now, is there is there a lot of background checks or pre-requirements to start the program to become a driver?
1: Well, the only requirement from a, from a CDL standpoint is for us to have them complete a DOT physical and a drug screening to be able to participate in the training okay. and then they go get their permit. Now, each of the companies that recruits from within our ranks has their own background check requirements. Um, I, I will say this: that I think the professional driver industry is very accommodating uh, for for those who are looking for an upwardly mobile opportunity that uh, maybe had a, a mistake or two in their past in one way, shape, or form. And um, we've been actively participating in training for. Uh, inmates that are working within work release centers throughout Florida and partnering with uh, with Florida hires here uh, to be able to make sure those, those guys have jobs and and opportunities available when they are released to decrease recidivism and they become, you know, taxpaying upstanding citizens once they're released. So uh, we've had a a litany of companies standing in line to hire those gentlemen once they've been completed training. So I, I would say if you can pass a DOT physical and, um, you can pass the drug screen, then you're at least halfway there. And, and the best bet would be to find a company who's comfortable with whatever may or may not be on your background.
0: That's really great. I love hearing about programs like that because it's really, really important in terms of both sides of the coin. I mean, you know, we need to help rehabilitate these people and provide them with a sustainable life. And then we need the drivers. We need the work.
1: A hundred percent. And I don't mind saying... They were the best students we've ever had. And I, I'm not the kind of guy to speak in superlatives very often. Uh, these young men had made some mistakes. They paid their debt to society and they came to us head high, focused, studying every one of them passed the CDL exam on their first try. Every one of them was immediately hired by, uh, what, what were national companies that you would recognize and, and picked up to be actively participating and contributing to society now. So it was, uh, it was a joy to do that program and really, really consistent with the core values we have at Fleet Force.
0: That is incredibly inspiring.
1: Well, I appreciate it. It's, it's my pleasure, and I hope we continue to be able to do that program post-pandemic.
0: Yeah. So speaking of post-pandemic, what do you think that the future holds for uh, driver training?
1: You know, for for us at Fleet Force, I can tell you that that driver training will evolve, but there will always be a foundation and timeless truths that we always stand on as we embrace that evolution. Uh, what I'm hoping, what I'm hoping that happens nationally is that professional drivers are recognized or begun to be recognized as the real elite and professionals within their field, Um uh, an experienced driver with ten or fifteen years of experience is is akin to a, a C level executive in a company, and many are compensated accordingly. Uh, everyone knows the increases in wages that have happened, and uh, you know, it, it, right now, drivers' starting pay in, in Florida is about twenty five or thirty percent more than starting pay for most college graduates. Oh, Wow! So I, I think it's it's time for everyone to recognize that an experienced driver is an executive in his or her field. Uh, they they come with a, uh, a you know a broad set of skills, but they also come with a depth of understanding of the industry. And those those people are assets to your organization, and 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 they're compensated accordingly already. But what I'm hoping is that that knowledge and, and that awareness of of what they do and what the opportunity provides becomes more common knowledge, because so many of the youngest generation right now don't understand that uh, that opportunity is out there. I think they may view this is um, something you do when you don't have other skills, and it couldn't be it couldn't be more the opposite than that. that right. The experienced drivers I know are home on their weekends with their family. You know, they're six digits easily. They take two or three weeks off at Christmas. You know, they have they have a really really great life, and um, and I'm and I'm hoping what we see in the future is that they're recognized as the experts and the executives in their field.
0: Well, I completely agree, and really enjoyed the insight you provided today. That is all the time I have for today, but it's really just uh, reinvigorated my excitement for the trucking industry and um, just focusing on the drivers themselves.
1: Well, I appreciate you giving me the opportunity to speak here and we're always happy to help if there's ever anything I or Fleet Force can do for you or your mission or your listeners, don't hesitate to ask.
0: Absolutely. All right. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode and tune in every Tuesday for our episodes of Link by Food Logistics and Supply and Demand Chain Executive. If you like what you hear, be sure to give us a thumbs up or a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can follow me on Twitter at Jacob Brielle for more of what's happening in the supply chain. And do not forget to hit subscribe on the Spotify, Apple, and Google playlist apps so you never miss an episode. Well, thank you so much for listening. If you like what you hear, please leave a review or hit the thumbs up button. And don't forget to subscribe.